Welcome to another quarantine episode of My Rundle Biz Podcast. I'm Grayson Orfe. And I'm Allison Akers. We are your hosts from In Rundle Economic Development. And today is a special episode because we are joined by the newest leader of our AAEBC team, and that is Ben Burge. At the beginning of July, we welcome Ben as our new CEO of AAEBC. So Ben, first of all, congratulations and welcome and introduce yourself and give us just a little bit of background. Thank you very much, Allison. Um, hello, everybody. Again, my name is Ben Burge. I'm the new president CEO for AAEDC. A little bit about myself. Uh, this is my second job with Anne Arundel County. I started off in the Pittman administration as the chief administrative officer. Um, and before that, I worked for seven years in Prince George's County and had have worked my entire career in state and local government um, here in Maryland. Um, I'm a resident of Anne Arundel County. I've lived here for 29 and one half years, wow. almost exactly. Um, my wife is a lifelong county resident. Uh, my, my kids are Anne Arundel County public school students. Well, my son was, he just graduated from Annapolis High School. And okay. My daughter is at North County High School. Nice. So, um, currently, I live in Odenton, but uh, again, I've I've lived in Anne Arundel my entire adult life, and I absolutely love it here. I love working for the county, and this is a great opportunity. I'm looking forward to it. Cool. Welcome. Cool. Thank you. Now, Ben, you were talking about you, you know, 29 and a half years. Your wife is a lifelong resident. But I hear that you're a Southern California guy. Now, yes. with, with, with that, what, what, what part of Southern California? So I grew up in the suburbs of LA County, about 30 miles east of downtown LA, in a little town called Diamond Bar. Um, it's little by LA standards, but it has about 55,000 people. So um, okay. that's generally not considered little, but. yeah. <laughs> place like LA County where uh, LA County has more people than 42 different states do. So it's all a matter of perspective. But yeah, I grew up in LA, uh, grew up in Diamond Bar and uh, made my way east with uh, college stops in Oklahoma and uh, Virginia for grad school before ending up here. Awesome. Now we hear about the, we hear the stories of Southern California. It's the, the, the surf, the waves, the weather, and then you come to Anne Arundel County. So what is it that Anne Arundel County is just so much like Southern California or what is it <laughs> no, about Anne Arundel better. County? You know that Anne Arundel is better. <laughs> exactly. Right. As, and as we've learned from the County executive, Anne Arundel is the best place for yeah. all. So, yeah. Yeah. There's, no, there's there's little resemblance. <laughs> yeah, um, as much as the depictions of Southern California are largely accurate, the the problem is that it is a very small bit of what is really Southern California. Southern California is gigantic. There are millions and millions and millions of people there. So in order to get to the beach, 
you have to invest in it getting there and back. Um, the beaches are lovely. Uh, the, the surf is great. I personally don't surf, but that's, you know, that's just me. But the congestion, the size, the unbelievably poor air quality. Um, I don't miss Southern California one bit. I miss my family and friends back there. I don't miss living in LA, not even a little bit. I mean, I can understand because if you've ever been to downtown Annapolis and just being able to walk in and not be bombarded, you know, you have a, a, a friendly group of people and you can walk down there and enjoy and it's, it's a very good sense of home. Like it's very good. You know, I, I love that. I love that about uh, uh, a lot of places. Yeah, I'm sure it's the traffic just doesn't compare. <laughs> right, and 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 let's let's put those two things together. So there are a lot of places I could rattle off in Southern California that are like downtown Annapolis, mm. that are small, that are that are folksy, that have you know little restaurants and shops and things like that. Tons of them. But getting there is impossible, and parking anywhere near there is impossible. And that's the difference. It's yeah. accessibility. It's yeah. being able to get to a place like downtown Annapolis um, that separates a, a livable place like Anne Arundel County from a literally investing half your day in order to enjoy something like that if you live in Southern California. Great point. Yeah. So you are newer to economic development, but certainly not new to county governments, as you just mentioned. Um, what have been some of your favorite standout moments in your professional career in county governments over the years? And maybe talk so, about what you went, which county governments you were in. So I started, um, I, I guess I've been now in county government continuously since late 2011. So creeping up on 10 years or nine years. Um, so when I started in Prince George's County, I was brought in as deputy budget director, and then I was voluntold to go up to the county exec's office and run their county stat program. And long story short, um, county executive Rashern Baker had this very uh, just ingenious vision about how to address service delivery in Prince George's County through the Transforming Neighborhoods Initiative. And what that was, was a, a, a model of finding your most at-risk communities, using data to identify them, and then flood those areas with resources to raise the, the quality of life there so that you know, the, the rising tide lift, lifts all boats approach. And it was gonna be data-driven. And after a couple of years, they realized that they, they weren't certain that the data they were using was helping. Um, they knew the work they were doing was useful, but they couldn't, they couldn't measure the impact. So they brought my team in, um, and the first iteration of County Stat before I got there helped develop this data, but really the data turned out to be kind of useless because it was, it was a lot of data from like the, the state school system. Well, when you're working hard and toiling away month after month in a community, but you're waiting from data from the Maryland State Department of Education, which comes out annually, and the county has no control over the schools and the data that comes from them, it, there was a disconnect. So they have to get involved. We set up community-based indicators 
And we looked at a variety of data sets that had a tie to services the county can deliver. So things like trash complaints. Well, we can go out and pick up trash or inspections. We can go out, we can redeploy inspectors and crime. We can redeploy police. But there are some things that county government can't control. So we wanted to stop measuring the things we can't control and focus on the th and measure the things we could control. So my team and I spent a couple of months. It was like, it was, it was fantastic. It was like being um, grant funded researchers. And we had whiteboards and we had uh, our GIS maps going and we had our, our my one guy running the, the uh, SPSS to make sure, you know, we had statistically valid measures and all these things and yeah. looking at relations. And we used census tracts to find the most vulnerable census tracts in Prince George's County, threw, yeah. up, threw them up on a map. Lo and behold, a lot of them kind of clumped together and it was really easy to see where we had our problems. Um, what was interesting is uh, the first model was that we were in six areas. Three of those areas, we were still in the top six when we ran our model. Three others weren't. Um, one of them we should never have been in. Uh, one of them was borderline and another one, it probably no longer was one because of the work they did. So. It was amazing. County Executive Baker saw the map and said, okay, let's go there instead. There was, there was no, he trusted the data, which made this project very rewarding also. Having leadership trust what you're working on, um, delegating the, um, the, the intelligence and the knowledge to others who understand it. And mm -hmm. they completely redid, the, redid where the communities we went into. And we used data that was available more regularly. And we threw that data up online so the communities can go in and look at it themselves. You didn't need any special logins or anything like that. It was on the website. Um, it certainly caught the attention of Stuart Pittman when he was a candidate. He, he explored that website, he saw everything and he, he reached out to me and said, hey, we need to talk. <laughs> and he wanted something like that there. So um, that was definitely my most rewarding uh, project in my local government career. Um, certainly since being with Anne Arundel County, I've been very fortunate that as CAO, I had the county executive support and the county council support to set up a structure in the county executive's office to implement Stuart Pittman's vision um, about what he wanted to get done. Um, the existing structure wouldn't have supported that. So we were able to have deputy chief administrative officers. We had two of those in the budget had a stat team set up, um, things like that, uh, which we couldn't, we couldn't get what he wants done without, uh, without his willingness to take that risk, but also getting the council support um, was very rewarding. Uh, they put a lot of trust in us, and we think that the people we put in those positions have completely delivered. So really the general public um, was directly impacted by the data you were collecting because then you yes. could act on that data. So yep. that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was like um, crowdsourcing government services. It's, it relied on people using a 311 system. It relied on them reporting things. And if they did that, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's a double-edged sword because 
you're self-identifying yourself as a neighborhood that needs help. And nobody wants to be in that community. But we were so supportive and we reached out and we, were, we became such a part of the community that we had other communities asking to be TNI designations. When initially we were worried it was a stigma, it suddenly became something to, uh, people saw the value in working and collaborating with the county government to improve service delivery. And that's still important in working with county government and working with economic development. I think that's where a lot of it can come together. That's that's 100% right. The, the intel you get from the people you serve is valuable and finding ways to capture it, not just with maps, but the types of services, the types of programs they need. Um, there are a, a lot of ways to slice and dice that data to develop a, a, a well thought out program that we can deliver the right way as uh, effectively, as efficiently as possible. Um, I don't think we want to replicate what we did with the TNI model in Prince George's County because that was based on service saturation. Mm -hmm. I think when you're talking about working with the business community, you need to be more surgical and more precise about yep. the programs you're delivering. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, but I mean, getting into it, did you ever think that you would actually be leading an economic development office? I mean, there's, there's similarities, but yeah. did you ever think you'd be leading one? So I'll, I'll let you in on a secret. Um, mm -hmm. And it's just between us three, right? No one else will know this. Yeah, of course. No, no one else. <laughs> so um, when I was, Working in county stat, um, I was part of a, I was part of the planning group of, of an organization called Mid Atlantic StatNet. Uh, Elizabeth Funch, who now runs Arundel Stat, she, she's on that planning group now. Okay. And this is a, a regional group of people who do performance management and 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 stat programs in the region, um, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, um, Maryland, D.C. Virginia, we had someone from North Carolina show up once. And, um, and, we, and actually someone flew in from Ohio once. Um, so, it, and you know, twice a year they get together, they share what they're working on, they commiserate, they do all that. And it's kind of a running joke in stat circles about economic development and how hard it is to do performance metrics. Um, I even joked about it, a couple months ago with the CAO in Montgomery County who who did performance budgeting in Baltimore City years ago and wrote a book on it and and we were joking about yeah economic development that's just that's a tough tough nut to crack on that so yeah bringing the data guy into economic development is a, you know careful what you ask for you know <laughs> uh, but at the same time I love a challenge so being able to um, lay over a, a data approach to something that really is, is, it's not that it's data resistant, but it's hard to tell the story of economic development with just data. Um, you have to tell it differently. Though you, you can't do it the same way you do with other agencies. So yeah. really looking forward to that challenge. Um, there's a ton of data that AAEDC has that I've learned about over the last couple of weeks. And it's there. Um, 
I just need to put it in the hands of someone really smart like Elizabeth, who knows how to take the data and help tell the tell our story. Now, with, with that being said, uh, we know you're looking forward to that challenge. Are there any other challenges that you're looking forward to in this position? Oh my gosh, yes. So when I moved to Anne Arundel County, even before I actually moved here, um, but when I was driving around here, <laughs> um, I just, I remember driving through, through Glen Burnie and thinking, wow, this, you know, it would be nice to see an effort go on here. And that's been a struggle for that community for decades. And I really want to be a part of that solution. Um, as a resident of Odenton, I've been living in Odenton for 20 years now. Um, getting the Odenton Town Center up and running is a big challenge that is, you know, is part of my neighborhood. I want it to succeed. Um, being in Odenton also means you're, you're neighbors with Fort Meade and working with them and those issues. But also uh, my kids, even though I lived in Odenton, my, my kids both went to Brooklyn Park Middle School in the performing and visual arts programs. Of course, they didn't go at the same time. They went consecutively. So I've, got, I've gotten become real familiar with Brooklyn Park and so much opportunity to work on things there. Um, and I got to tell you, I'm also looking forward to understanding South County from an economic development standpoint. I mean, obviously, it, it's such a different animal. Um, and the our, our, our ag programs are so important there. But just understanding and making sure we're doing the right programs the right way, it's just, you can't just drag and drop the rest of what you do in the county into South County into the agriculture community. I mean, if we didn't have an ag program in AADC, we'd have to invent one. The, the needs are there, but they're just so different. So looking forward to working on that too. So there's just a, a whole bunch of things I'm looking forward to working on. Yeah, I mean, you bring up a great point. We, Anne Arundel County really truly has pretty much everything. We've got a lot going for us. I mean, we have Fort Meade. We're so lucky to have the government contracting base that's around in Fort Meade. We have Glen Burnie, we have Brooklyn Park, we have South County, which is full of the farmers, but there's always opportunities to do more. Um, but I think we've got a fantastic base that a lot of other counties don't have. So yeah, really lucky. No, I, I agree. And uh, it's, it's, it's a fascinating mix. Um, and it's important not to assume what works in one place looks going to work somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. And I also think, too, because I'm, I'm kind of from the outside looking in, because, you know, being in Prince George's County, like, I can actually look at Anne Arundel County, and going through Anne Arundel County, it's so awesome that everything's here. You have a little bit of everything here, so it's easy to be comfortable and to get here and just to actually lay roots and be able to enjoy everything that's here. I mean, you have nightlife, you have... Uh, uh, great parks, uh, quiet waters, which we did. Uh, uh, I mean, mean it's just it, it's absolutely a great, great, great place. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I agree. I and and Allison, I think you said the airport too. I, that's that's mm -hmm. the next thing on my head too. Is yeah. having a a resource like that is 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 amazing. I think if there's 
if there's a deficiency, and this is not an Anne Arundel deficiency as much as a, a statewide deficiency, is we need to improve the transportation system to take even more advantage of all of these things. Mm -hmm. um, so that will be something we'll be part of also. Um, a bit more indirectly, but, but certainly we've had a lot of good working relationships with the Baltimore Metropolitan Council and working with WMATA to make sure that our folks um, have the stops in, in different parts of the county. But um, we need to make sure that uh, we have not only people being able to move around to get to these places and utilize all these attractions, but also just for basic commuting. So we're gonna to have to absolutely do a lot of work there. Yeah. yeah, so we know Ben, the county government guy and the data guy, but what is one fun fact that everybody should know about you? Fun fact. <laughs> um, oh, I don't know how much of these things people would consider fun. Um, let's see, I, I, I did get married on Preakness Day. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Makes me kind of, kind of a Maryland guy. Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, I, my family and I love to uh, vacation up in Vermont. We go up there every other year. Beautiful. Uh, Where in Vermont? Um, at Smuggler's Notch Resort. Don't know that one. We have a nice place that overlooks the mountains and it's it's great to get away once a year once well actually only up there every other year um i will tell you a fun family fact yeah um of course this took place before i was born but i got to reap the benefits um my stepfather in 1960 was the very first season ticket holder for the la lakers wow really i grew up i grew up watching the lakers um and lifelong, no one could accuse me of being a, you know, a, a, a bandwagoner or anything like that. So, um, yep, that's, that's cool. what we did. We were grew up, grew up as Laker fans. I like Grayson running with that one. Now, now this is the thing. <laughs> <laughs> when we're talking about we're talking about sports, our office is is a fun mixed group of people and their fans when it comes to sports you have you have you have Washington fans you have Dallas fans you have New Orleans fans Raven wait wait was New Orleans is New Orleans fans plural or singular singular okay just checking thank you for that I'm just saying it's going to be plural after we win the Super Bowl this year if we have a season but anyway I digress now <laughs> what I want to know is what are the teams or the team that you're, you're, you're focused on? Football, basketball, what, what have you? So I, I live and breathe college football. I know it's big out here. So um, I, went to, I went to college at the University of Oklahoma. I am sooner born and sooner bred, and when I die, I'll be sooner dead. I am all boomer sooner on Saturdays in the fall. Um, I – most years we'll travel and meet up with college friends for one game a year. Um, so I love me some Oklahoma Sooners. Um, I religiously watch football. I religiously watch the um, Women's College World Series football mm -hmm. because the Sooners are always there. They're always representing. Fantastic program there. Um, 
I think in terms of professional sports, I still have my, um, some of my Southern California allegiances, love the Lakers, diehard Dodgers fan. Um, football's complicated. Um, I, I'm a Raiders fan. My wife has always been a Redskins fan. We like to not fight in front of the kids. So we want our kids to be Ravens fans. And we have one happy family and we comfortably work, root for the Ravens. Um, and and it, it, it works well for us. Um, but my secret, not so fun fact, my secret boring fact about me is um, I religiously watch the Tour de France every year. In fact, right now, today would be an off day for them before heading into the Alps if they were racing. Um, and uh, I miss the Tour de France <laughs> dearly. Um, and I don't even cycle, which is weird. That's funny. How'd you get into it then? Yeah, it's what's that? How did you get into it? I started watching it years ago, um, and I got intrigued by the teamwork. I was intrigued by. I started learning about the money that's involved, and how the sponsorship works, and how if you win a leg of the Tour de France, what it does to your salary, and how the team members move around during August. That's called the, the crazy season right after the tour. Um, and it, there, there's a whole dynamic behind, behind the scenes that goes on that I decided one year back in the nineties, I was going to watch it for like five straight years and see if I could get into it. Uh, and if not, I'd walk away. And I just got into the intrigue of it as much as the racing. And yeah, I just, I find it fascinating. I got my daughter hooked on it somehow. Somehow wow. she, she follows it pretty closely. Um, that's cool. Uh, but yeah, and none of us ride. <laughs> that's what's so weird. Yeah, that's funny. You're pretty diverse over there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, you are coming in at a great time as we wrap up allocating the last remaining dollars in our CEP grant fund yes. that we launched last month. I know that you were there at the beginning of it um, when we presented the idea to county executive. So we. Your, your team was looped in. Um, as of this morning, I have the data up, we have approved 600, 678 applications with more in the pipeline coming down um, on this 4.3 million of the 5 million that we've been given. So I think um, by the time this launch, this airs, we'll be close to being finished. Um, so we're yeah. wrapping it up and this is money that's going to our businesses and our nonprofits to help them open, open safely cover purchases such as PPE and sanitation project pro products, as well as technology and software to help them pivot. So since you've been looped in this entire time, um, can you provide any last words to our businesses on how we can kind of all think about adapting and shaping um, the post-pandemic future? Anything, any thoughts on that? Yeah, well, first of all, I mean, the, I, I, I don't want to be taking credit for this program. AAEDC did all the hard work before I got here. Um, basically hammering out the guidelines, making it as simple as possible for businesses to apply. Um, it's taking the basic 50,000 foot parameters that the county executive wanted to see. Um, and I think that the, 
way the program was set up and implemented was just brilliant. It was brilliantly executed. It was well thought out. Um, it met the needs of the target audience, which was the small businesses who were basically it, were really on the on the brink of figuring out whether it was worth it to reopen or not. Um, and the results have been great. Yeah, they have. In terms of the the distribution, helping you know the it's designed for small businesses. It's helped minority-owned businesses and women-owned businesses. It's been a everything and more that the county executive and our team when, when we first approach AADC about it uh, ever dreamed of. So it's, it, it's been one of the huge success stories of the county trying to help the community. Um, and certainly while the, uh, the application window was still open, not only should anybody who hasn't tried to apply, they should try to apply. Even if you think you're not eligible, give it a shot. Um, but what's most impressive to me about all this is the level of commitment throughout the staff will pick up the phone and help people walk through the grant process. It's unbelievable. Um, I haven't seen many uh, efforts like that in my career. It's been, it's been amazing to watch. So for businesses out there, small businesses are not used to interacting this way with the government. Usually it's the bigger ones who are very comfortable navigating the government um, that have the most success and the most comfort with it. But I would, if there was one message I would send to the business community who has not reached out yet to apply is that the customer service you'll receive will be fantastic. They'll walk you through it. They'll help you. Um, Certainly the application process itself is pretty simple, but yeah. there are resources to help you if you're not used to or you're intimidated by working with an agency like AADC. Good point. Yeah. So Ben, thank you so much for sitting down with us today. Uh, we're quarantined, we're in the house, we're staying safe. Uh, just wanna know, um, is there anything during the quarantine any um, advice you can give us during the quarantine to staying safe and staying sane? I think that the advice that is being provided by the county's health officer, by Dr. Kalyana Raman, um, is very sound that the, the way to beat this is masks and distancing. Um, we can still get out of the house. We can still do some basic things. Not everything we wanted to do, but we can um, help with the sanity part by being cautious and just following those guidelines. Um, the more we do that, the more we are in a position to reopen businesses, cross our fingers about schools, um, and, and a lot of other things. But really, the, the guidelines from the health department are critically important and frankly, not all that difficult. Good point. AADC has our masks ready. Yep. That's I, right. before, I grab it before I walk out. Yep. Mm -hmm. And and listen, whoever designed those things, <laughs> that person needs a raise, a bonus. I mean something, you know, whoever did it. I don't <clears throat> know who it is necessarily. We'll take it under, we'll, we'll take it under advisement. That works. That works for me. 
<laughs> very right, subtle. Very subtle. <laughs> Thanks for talking with us today, Ben. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was fun. So you can check out this episode of the My Rundle Biz podcast and all of our other ones on all of our social media accounts. Um, so that's our YouTube channel, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, as well as on all of our anywhere that you listen to audio podcasts, um, Spotify, Apple, Apple Podcasts, any anywhere that you want to get it, we are there in front of you. Um, so head to the newsroom section of arundelbiz.org and you can find all of that. We encourage our businesses to continue to reach out to us, to look for any type of resources that you might need um, to help you grow and to help you through the, these really hard times. Um, and we just encourage you to listen to all of our podcasts, get to know your local community and the business leaders that are surrounding you um, and patronize all of your local businesses. I mean, they have opened safely they are doing everything that they possibly can to stay safe. And if we band together and shop safe and shop local, then we can do our part to help continue um, growing Anne Arundel County. So stay safe out there. And thanks, guys.